I thought you were dead. Sun out of your eyes and be yourself. Heard you were dead. She's dead, wrapped in plastic. That man's dead back then. It was worse than dead. He must be dead. Is this a dead man, Doctor? Mike was parked on the street here one time, and uh, Captain Percocet woman came through and scraped up all oh, yeah. of the cars. Uh, his got it the worst, though. And now Captain never... Percocet woman? Yeah, we have... <laughs> That's, uh, She's a Long Island hero. It's a Long Island hero and also a religion in this area, where uh, one in every five white women is Percocet women. Yeah. <laughs> oh, fuck. <laughs> if, they have a, um, if they have a mid-sized SUV... From a German make, then they are definitely Percocet women. Right. Let's say like a Mercedes or a yeah, BMW or I something can, European like that. The Porsche Cayennes. Smells like a Percocet lady. Yeah. Yeah. It helps when your husband is a podiatrist. But you said Captain Percocet lady. Like this was this was the leader of them all. <laughs> yes. <laughs> the one who managed to hit every car on the block. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm in the post-production world. I see a lot of storyboard artists on my LinkedIn. <laughs> Are they uh, bad? Unbelievable. <laughs> what adults can do. <laughs> Here, Connor. Here's a one of my favorites to follow. <laughs> oh, I wish I could see that. What? <laughs> I'm gonna show it to you. These are professionals that uh, get paid to storyboard things. This is someone who's looking for a job. Ostensibly, Uh, someone who wants to get hired for this. (laughs) Oh my! You probably can't read it on there, but that's supposed to be Taylor Swift. Oh Oh, no! I hope somebody made it a tattoo. (laughs) (laughs) There's also uh, here. Here's another one from this guy. That was grotesque. This one's to honor the Little Mermaid. This one is one where, like, if a high school art student did it, I'd be like, wow, good for them. Uh, yeah, a high of... school art student. <laughs> oh! <laughs> you know what? He's doing better at uh, penciling. Yeah. Just gonna say. Yeah, I've seen worse, I guess. He's using Microsoft Paint, which I think is innovative because he's not being kept down by the Adobe man. And with that, welcome to Rosemortem Cast, the Microsoft Paint of podcasting. (laughs) Yeah, Microsoft Paint of history podcasts. Yes, of history podcasts. I think on the general, like, level of podcasts, we're probably like DOS. Okay. We're the basis of all podcasts. Come on, Windows 95 at least, bro. (laughs) Nah, nah. I, I thought we were going to be the old little uh, pinball game that was in the... Mm. Was that also Windows, I think? That was Windows, yeah. yeah. One day we'll be about... that and Bonzi Buddy combined. There we go. <laughs> Todd. Uh, mm. <laughs> I'm Travis, a.k.a. Bonzi Buddy's child. I'm Clippy Tom. and Bonzi Buddy... Clippy and Bonzi Buddy had a child, that would be me. <laughs> and I'm also Tom. Uh, I'm Connor, and I wish I was the space cadet pinball man. And tonight again oh here we are on a delay travis take it away i don't do the show anymore <laughs> and tonight again we are joined by walt from not for human consumption walt how you doing 
I'm doing good, guys. <laughs> that was a fun little back and forth. Yeah, welcome good to see back. you again. Fucking, I had a blast last week. Awesome. Yeah, thank you, for not, thank you for picking up our phone calls. Yeah. Not running away. I can't yeah. wait to hear more about the Renaissance, Renaissance Fair. But also... I, you know what? I, I, I appreciate you guys so much. I put you in my Google calendar. Oh, Whoa. Nice. I'm on a sign of infection. Wow. Just saying. Hell yeah. Ugh. Do so, I... Do I do I need to ask someone if, like, you know, we can make this official? Do I need to go to Jay and be like, look, he's putting me in the Google Calendar. Oh, don't tell Jay that, dude. He gets jealous as fuck. But, like, if you came here to Phoenix and I took you to a place to eat that me and Jay have been to, he would see that as cheating. <laughs> Just gonna say. Okay, so you, gotta, you know, I gotta yeah. ask Jay's permission. I'm not submissive to Jay. Maybe. Maybe not. But all yeah, right. he calls the show. Well, we're all coming to Phoenix. We're gonna try and bring us out to dinner. So we're gonna. <laughs> and there's <laughs> three of us. There's three of us here that could do that. So we could really take a scientific approach. Yeah. <laughs> the first time he gets jealous. Next time he gets used to it. Third time, see what happens. Then we have a consensus. <laughs> With consent. <laughs> um, Walt, tell me. Yes. How was your week? I had a, a fantastic week. Like, my weekend was super rad. Did the Memorial Day thing, you know, remembering everybody. I had a dad in the, in the military, so did that whole thing. And then I went to a cool swingers party. Nice. Uh, uh, cool. Hell but, yeah. yeah. Uh, so, I have so many so, questions. There's too many. So, so not only did you have the Memorial Day glizzies, you had the swinger party glizzies out for viewing. And, and I had hot dogs at both, too, ironically. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I went out to a, a cool... It was like, um, I'm in this new lifestyle. I'm trying out this polyamorous fucking swingers lifestyle thing. And uh, yeah, went out to like a, a cool party. It was like a pool party barbecue that I heard turned into like a rad sex party later in the night. But I just showed up for like the nudist uh, pool swimming thing. And uh, yeah, had a rad time, met some new people, tried, had a new experience. Are you uh, comfortable in the nude or are you, uh, like me, ashamed? I used to be ashamed, but... I live my single life in the nude at home all the time, and I hate clothes to the point that, I don't know, fuck it. If anybody wants to make fun of my dick, they can do it. I'm jumping in the pool nude. How go. much sunscreen do you need at a nudist pool party? I mean, I feel like there's a lot of crevices in, in and Phoenix, creases yeah. and things. It, I mean, if you're professional, you show up prepared, dude. You do all that shit at home, just like all the <laughs> shaving. And I mean, when you're 43 and fat, like you do all the work just to make yourself look two percent better, <laughs> but it turns out like uh, as far as I'm concerned, from my experience this last weekend, all white men with dicks get shriveled after they get out of the pool. So I didn't feel that bad. Mm. There you go. White men can yeah. shrivel. The new movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> also starring Woody Harrelson. Yeah. <laughs> Tom, and Denzel Washington. What, what, were you nude this weekend anywhere? Was I nude this weekend? At all. Uh, when I showered. Good answer. Good yeah. answer. Uh, Connor, I, was... I thought you showered with their clothes on, or at least some clothes. Like a no, tie, at least? Uh, sometimes socks, because it makes it getting ready faster. Yeah. Um, <laughs> 
No, but he doesn't was, like a soggy sock. Yeah. For my week this week, I was clothed during the most exciting part of it, which was not the wedding I attended, but rather the vice president of the United States that I saw on the drive up to the wedding. Because oh, I saw the yeah. motorcade for Kamala Harris on its way to West Point and all that it entails to have a vice presidential motorcade. Yeah, save the planet. It wow. was nuts. Yeah. For Clanny anyone Harris. who knows anything about the roads upstate, going upstate New York, this is a very niche, sorry, Walt, but when you're going up 87, there's the huge exit for 17 going west yeah. by the Woodbury Commons. Yeah. That was all blocked off with like highway trucks and like 20 state troopers. Then we're going northbound and we keep noticing there's no cars coming southbound. And then, like, three state troopers fly by. And they're blocking off all of the little turnarounds in the median. And then we just see this huge motorcade of, like, 40 cars led by 10 state troopers and then just 20 unmarked black SUVs with the presidential flags driving southbound. And then, like, 10 more support trucks, an ambulance, <laughs> another three miles of no traffic, five more state troopers, and then a line of backed up traffic for like 30 miles behind them. Where was she going to? West Point. She was taking like the eastbound. Wow. Yeah. But she can give some dumb speech. Yeah, she gave the commencement address this weekend. Yeah. Awful. Guess what, boys? Can... Guess what, boys? You're not going to be on the front line. You're going to be officers. You're going to be touching your penises in the army. You're the That's best right. of the best. <laughs> And they couldn't helicopter her in for that? They had to hold up traffic? Yeah, they had to use, like, 500 New York State troopers getting paid triple overtime to block off <laughs> street exits on the Saturday of Memorial Day. She probably got a discount, because she is a cop. Probably, yeah. Yeah, yeah I asked my friend, like, how much, how much benzo do you think was in that motorcade? <laughs> how many bars of Xanax did we just drive past? Yep. A lot of trauma. Yeah. Yeah, so that was uh, probably the highlight. It's pretty crazy. Nice. Tom, were you in a motorcade this week? Yep, my liver was, because I drank too much. And I remembered the troops. My father-in-law forgot which day it was. He kept saying Happy Veterans Day to people, which is kind of true. I mean, just living versus dead ones. That's that's the big difference, right? Yeah. Yeah. Like, you get... Yeah. I mean, yeah. So he wasn't so wrong. And maybe um, he, he was just seeing yeah. ghosts. And you're like, well, they're alive because they're ghosts. <laughs> I, I just thought it was funny. I just I didn't see any problem with it at all. No, it's okay. I'm like, but that that's funny. Walking up to someone going like Happy Veterans Day. It's like it's not even close. Well, it's like in other countries that celebrate November eleventh, like they don't celebrate Veterans Day, it's Armistice Day. And we America were like, Well, we're gonna celebrate the veterans of all of it. And we're also going to do another one as well. Yeah. Also, armistice <laughs> is kind of hard yeah. to say. That's real tough to pronounce. <laughs> I, I never liked the poppy flower. <laughs> My people can't spell that right. <laughs> arm insist. Arm insist. Arm assist. My arm that? ain't got no cysts. Yeah. That was, that's a pretty good summation of my weekend and how my brain has been. Yeah. All right. <laughs> anyway, Travis, how's it going out there? How's Portland? Oh, it was good. I, my weekend, I got out of Portland. I was like, fuck that. Smart. I don't want to be around poopies. So I took a trip down to Silverton, to Silver Falls, which is like this giant, like, uh, paved, well, not all of it's paved, but it's a giant, like, park, and they've got, I think, like, ten waterfalls on it. Okay. Um, 
and I saw maybe about five. I did about five miles or so. And they're really cool. You can walk like right behind the falls and uh Can you jump in? Um, in a certain spot you could. We didn't walk where you it was very much like a park park. Like they didn't want you jumping and the falls were too large to jump off <laughs> a park with know. rails yeah. to keep people back <laughs> from doing stupid shit. <laughs> but the coolest part of it is you're walking along the river as like it's going over falls and stuff, and we saw an otter. And this little river cat boy. And so we were like, oh, check out that river cat. And he's swimming upstream. And then as we kept walking, you know, like the trail kind of goes away from the from the river and back. He kept going with us. Every time we looked, saw the river, we we're like, there's a, there's a river cat. Oh, your yeah. little friend. It's a cool mm-hmm. animal. Yeah. I like otters. Yeah. And I was trying to imagine how much shrimp was falling off the falls. Now, Travis. Probably a lot. When you were watching this otter, did you ever have a desire to go skin it and wrap its fur around a small man? Uh, that is a great transition. <laughs> yes, uh, maybe. <laughs> Ten points. Yeah. Hey, nice segue. Perfect. Ding, ding, ding. <laughs> yeah, so let's jump back into Jeffrey Hudson. And when we last, you know, left off with the subject, it was 1627. And little boy Hudson, he's only eight and he's still 18 inches tall, living in the Denmark house on the Thames in London, in the household of Queen Henrietta Maria, the Queen of England. Uh, and when we last left off, the Duke of Buckingham, the man uh, who found this tiny little boy in Oakham, the village of Oakham, was just assassinated. And the Duke was once the Queen's major romantic competitor, uh, as he was the King's favorite. So we can only assume the gallons and gallons of royal cum that he guzzled over (laughs) the many years to keep that position. Uh, But of course, when the king heard that his favorite was dead, he was destroyed. Uh, You know, the duke was shanked down in the streets of uh, Portsmouth. And, you know, the king was like all upset. He's like, where am I going to get my blowies from now? These are. Yeah. Yeah. Right. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, no, but he he was like, what that mount do with the dude? Uh, you know what I mean? He's got some talents, you know? The old cum guzzler be dead now. Yeah. yeah. So <laughs> now where do I go? That was actually a famous thing about the Duke of Buckingham. He could do that clover thing with his tongue. Oh, nice. Yeah. Wow, yeah. yeah. That's Pulling up talent. cums. <laughs> <laughs> that freaks me out, actually. I don't want that around my balls at all. <laughs> So the queen, you remember, she never liked this guy because he was he was like the competition and she may have not liked him, but she decided to kind of fulfill her duty as a queen and support her estranged husband. So she was like, I know you're upset. I know the boy that was licking your balls is dead now and I'll be here. Look, I got boobs. You can put your head on them. They're very comfortable. Hmm. And then something miraculous happened. The king and queen actually fell in love. Now, this idea of love is pretty much the exception when it comes to uh, the rule of royal matrimonies. But it's pretty clear from the primary sources that Charles II and Maria actually loved each other once the cum guzzler Buckingham was out of the picture. Oh, that's nice. So, yeah, it was nice for them. It wasn't nice for Parliament. Parliament was like, nah, uh, uh. So, as we know, the Parliament consisted mainly of Anglican Church of England 
people and Puritans, and the queen was Catholic, and they still hated the queen. And now that the queen was actually getting along with her husband, they're like, this is not good. She's going to, like, get the pope here, and the pope's going to do some, like, ninja shit, (laughs) fucking convert people. Yeah. Start putting confessionals up in the street. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) We don't want his camera around here. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, Charles had a solution to this, right? He's like, I'm sick of hearing about all these people coming after the people I like and I love. So he simply just dissolved parliament. That's right. No parliament. It was an absolute monarchy for 11 years. Oh, I forgot about how we did this. I was just like, you know what? You guys can leave. Yeah. I'm going to run this. (laughs) That's awesome. He okay cooled (laughs) the fuck out of him. Yeah. Okay, cool. Um, so now that the king and queen were back together, this meant that there was some serious baby making that had to happen. This is like what was expected of the royals. They had to produce an heir. So Charles knocks her up, and in 1629, it's time to push out the baby, right? So I guess the previous year, nine months, whatever. How, how long does it take to do one of those? I don't really... Is it nine? No one really knows. Yeah. Oh, okay. Science is still out on it. Yeah. But Jackie as Chan I mentioned, it was six years. So six years. It's created a lot of talk. <laughs> yeah. Depends on whose mom's telling the story. Yeah. <laughs> so as I mentioned, uh, back in the day, there were a lot of duds or children that just died right away, either <laughs> in the womb or second they popped out. So the first son that the two had was. Charles James Stewart. Their last name was Stewart. This was the Stewart monarchy. And he only lived for about an hour. That's so, it? Yeah. Now... Well, he lost. Yeah. wonder what his week was like. <laughs> he was back. Like I wish Foundation couldn't get there in time. Yeah. <laughs> Quick, how was your week? <laughs> they did make sure he was baptized, so he's not... And, and Protestant baptized. Oh, that that's like, right. None of that papist bullshit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, of course, there were a lot of speculation about why the child died. The easy answer was that, you know, she was a Catholic. But some people had, uh, let's say, more scientific reasons why this pregnancy failed. Um, something to do with a pickle? No. <laughs> but it has to do with dogs again. Yeah. Uh, so the dog, uh, the um, the queen was at her favorite pastime. She wasn't really into the bull baiting. She liked stuff that was maybe a little bit lighter, more girly, like dog fights, fox, fox tossing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, the dog fighting was huge back then. So she went to her favorite dog fight, and a dog came over to her and ripped her dress. And as oh, we know, good boy, yeah, as we know, when you rip any part of your clothing, you're gonna have a miscarriage. This is right. science. Yeah. Well, as as everybody knows, yeah. I mean. It's actually good to know. I didn't know that. Yeah. yeah. You know, that's how they're going to get around abortion bans. It's just yeah. rip the garments. Just rip yeah. some dresses. Render yeah. garments. Yeah. All right. Why do you think? I that- might just go around, do people favors and just <laughs> randomly rip dresses. <laughs> that's actually why the, the hanger is used so much. They use faulty hangers and it rips the yeah, clothes. It rips the clothing. Yeah. That's, that's oh, yeah, what yeah, the, yeah, where that yeah. comes from. This yeah. makes sense. I don't really understand women's anatomy at all. <laughs> no one does. Again, science is still out. <laughs> there are other people with less scientific thinking 
and these were very, very evil, malicious people. They said that maybe she ate too many shrimps and clams. Remember, <laughs> she was a seafood lady, but this is obviously not scientific at all. It's mean. If you want to have a strong baby, you have to eat at least three pounds of shrimp a day. <laughs> That's a fucking huge ask. Yeah. <laughs> My gut does not like that. <laughs> well, good thing you don't need to be pregnant. Yeah. Well, in today's day and age. Well, yeah, that's true. (laughs) Whatever the case, the royal couple knew that they had to be prepared for the next pregnancy. And that meant that they needed the best midwife to be on standby. Now, France had a tradition of midwifery. um, So they knew the the best midwife was going to be in France. The best one in France happened to be a Madame Peroni, like the beer. Oh, okay. Madame Peroni's. Yeah. <clears throat> so in 1630, the queen prepared her household at the Denmark house, the entire house, including Jeffrey and uh, William Evans, the giant, for a trip across the English Channel to France. Now, this was little Jeffrey's first trip out of England, so I'm sure he was very excited. Uh, he was 11 years old at the time. He'd been learning French, so now he's going to get it, put it, his French learning to use, you know? Yeah. Uh, uh, but what had Jeff been up to all these years kind of leading up while the king and queen were banging trying to make babies? He's probably well, spying he, on them. <laughs> yeah, oh, well, yeah, probably. He's probably in the room. <laughs> yeah. Hanging out. Oh, nice. Yeah. He can it, fit in all those little spots. Yeah, little vase popping he out. He probably, <clears throat> I would put, wouldn't put it past him if he impersonated a lawn jockey at various points in his life. That would be so rad. Yeah, just held up a little lantern. Like <laughs> That would definitely be one of my regular sticks if yeah. I was his size. Yeah. Totally. Black, yeah. Black face and all. <laughs> he would come out for Christmas every year at my house. I'm just... <laughs> He is the elf on the shelf. You can't get mad at me for uh, my current depiction, as I am also a wonder of nature. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So, yeah, he's looking all cute during this time. He's learning his French. He's learning how to read and write. Uh, He's learning how to ride a horse or pony. (laughs) This is not a full-size horse. Um, And one of his favorite activities was shooting pistols. I mean, yeah. Interesting. Shooting guns is fun. Yeah. Also, also the pistol. I'm sure. I'm sure was kind of like a rifle to him. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and also, like pistols then had like a, the kickback of a rifle now. So I yeah. can't even imagine how wildly his arms flailed every time he shot. I'm imagining one of those plastic cap guns that you used to get <laughs> when you were a kid back in the '80s that were okay to just carry around. I mean, you can't do that today, but that that's what I'm seeing. Like pa 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 pa. Yeah. Magic dust comes out. Yeah, we know after an afternoon of shooting, and he's like, okay, guys, see you later. He went away into his little small door, closed it, and just started crying, recoiled, just hurt him so much. Oh, fuck. I dislocated both shoulders. This shit hurts so much. It's a lot of overcompensating when you're that tall. Yeah. Yeah, it's also funny you're talking about kickback, because there was one incident that nearly cost him his life during this two-year, three-year period. Um, So on a very particularly windy day... Jeffrey was standing at the water gate. Remember, the water gate's like the dock entrance made of stone and ornate. He's looking into the River Thames, when all of a sudden, a sudden gust of wind hit him in the back. (laughs) And he literally (laughs) was blown off his feet like a feather. And luckily, the giant 
was working on the the royal barge below and he caught him <laughs> i really want to believe this <laughs> it's like flat stanley <laughs> Just yeah, but this reminds me of big fish the movie <laughs> so hey, uh, why don't you uh, tie this rope around you if you're gonna hang out around here well, we know that this actually happened because there's records. The queen was horrified when she heard that her little Jeffrey nearly blew away. So she went to the royal cobbler and crafted him special little lead boots that he was required <laughs> oh, no. to wear on windy days. But he, this will never happen again. <laughs> He's wearing those boots. He can't get even remotely close to like a deep puddle. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But he's not flying away. That's true. We're learning as we go. Yeah. It's like the Zelda water. Don't step in puddles. Yeah. It's like, well, what happens if he does fall? Maybe he just trips. Not so much the wind. Now he's dead. Because you put him in cute shoes. It just snaps his ankles as he folds over. Uh, So maybe possibly equipped with these lead boots. They boarded a ship. So I hope he doesn't fall overboard. Um... (laughs) But it was probably windy on this ship. They all boarded the ship, the queen, the rest of the house, and they went over to France. So the Parisian court loved this little boy, Jeffrey. The queen's mother, uh, Marie de Medici, yeah, she was part of the Medici family, uh, gifted him about 2,000 pounds worth of jewels. That's roughly a half a million dollars today. Just because he thought, look at this cute little boy. And look at all these jewels I have. Yeah. <laughs> I'm imagining they're in the court and they're like whispering before they get there. Like, now apparently the queen loves traveling with like these weirdos. Like, one's a real giant, one's a real tiny guy. And they're like, well, how tiny can he be? And just to see him walk in, like, I wonder what their, their faces like lit up seeing this little guy. Holy shit. <laughs> like, Holy. the tall guy's like, Oh, hey, what about me? Like, whatever, we've seen trees. We've yeah. seen big guys in France. <laughs> probably have weird bones. Yeah. Uh, so the queen met with uh, Madame Peroni, and the med- midwife accepted the job. You know, as a royal, this is like the going to the MLB as a being a midwife, which I think we should still have a major league midlife midwifely league. <laughs> I'm all for that. I'm all for women just taking back like all the birth stuff. Yeah. I don't understand why men got involved, like men's science. It's like, we'll take care of them after. We'll make them smart. But you get them out. You deal with the slime. <laughs> you get them out. So, the, I mean, this trip was like double edge, right? Like, so she went to go get the midwife, but she's from France. So she's like spending time with her mom and also her brother, Louis XIII. Um, and so... The royal household had to set off before the queen to kind of prepare the house, even though, you know, whatever. there was a big royal ceremony every time she entered England again. So the royal household, along with the midwife, set out for the port town of Calais in France. Calais. Uh, Calais. Calais. <laughs> Calais. Uh, so they set, they set off for this port town to make the trip back across the channel. Now, uh, the queen would remain behind behind for a few days with her mom and brother. The trip across the channel usually would take a few hours, but this was not going to be smooth sailing for little Jeff. Mm -hmm. 
So once they got Poor little guy. Yeah, once they got far away from the docks, the captain spotted sails heading right towards them. It was pirates. Oh Ooh, no. No. Yeah. Hi. They had precious cargo. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and all this little boy. Yeah. <laughs> Give us the little boy. <laughs> <laughs> Never mind the tools. I want someone to put my shoes on for me. <laughs> We have some dead cats. Let's dress them up. I hear he makes a great step stool. <laughs> There's like the like the stereotypical also pirate midget, and they're like, "I'm small too." He's oh, yeah. just like, "You're four six. <laughs> this guy's half your size. You couldn't be small if you wanted to be. You can't fit in the cannon." <laughs> yeah. We had to make now this little we, boy. We had to make a, a bed for you using two barrels. <laughs> this guy, we can make a whole room for him. Just one. So the the pirate ship gets closer and closer. The captain orders all the passengers below deck, and uh, he wasn't escaping this pirate ship. It was a way faster ship. They board the ship. You know, probably punched the captain in the face. He survived. Um, but then they broke down the doors and entered the cabins where the passengers were hiding. They pretty much grabbed everything that, that, that wasn't nailed down and loaded it into the ship. And then they saw little Jeff. They're like, look at that tiny boy. No, don't take Jeffrey. <laughs> He's got so, such innate charisma. Not me, Jeffries. <laughs> yeah. Everyone's drawn to him. So they grab little Jeff. They also take the midwife and a few other of the queen's household as captives. So the pirates set sail out to their hide hideout at Gravesline in Dunkirk, and uh, Dun hmm. yeah, Dunkirk was actually under Flemish control at the time, so it wasn't French, and it had been the scourge of the English Channel. And Dun Dunkirkers were known for uh, raiding ships for centuries, making off with all types of valuables, and taking captives that they would ransom back to the English or French. French. So this was like a known threat. That's hey, cool. bro, I, huh, huh, I got a question real quick. Hey, Walter, first time caller, long time <laughs> listener. Uh, Dunkirk, that's like before that war from that movie, right? Oh, uh, yeah, that's before, who was it? Okay, yeah. before that. Yeah, before. All right, cool. Yeah, yeah. Just ask. They're, Thanks, they're waiting on that beach to get in the pirate ships, because the pirates are still around. Yeah. <laughs> like, uh-oh, the pirates are out there. <laughs> pirates suck. Yeah, so. Oh, wait, dude. I wouldn't want to be a pirate. Dude, there's a lot of, there's a lot of gay butt stuff that happens with pirates. So it, it kind of sounds rough rad. Life. Yeah. While well, swabbing. <laughs> I hear there's no like porcelain toilets and like hard to get food around there. It's gotta be pushy, and then there's another guy who's always pushy at you. Yeah. Captain. Tense. Yeah. Tense. Why? Life. Yeah. Why do you need a porcelain throne when you have a manatee's blowhole? <laughs> <laughs> That's a good question. <laughs> all right, so the pirates are now in Dunkirk with a little boy and, and all other people favorites. we don't care for. Yeah. The pirates quickly realized that, that their captives were a little too hot to hold ransom. They're like, it's one thing to abduct like a merchant or maybe like a lesser lord's son, but to abduct like the queen's household when her brother is literally the next door neighbor, King Louis Thirteenth, that might be grounds for the French to invade, uh, you know, yeah. invade the territory of Dunkirk. So they're like, uh, I don't know. Um, 
And the captain sailed back to England and reported that these people were missing. So they knew that they were missing, and they knew that Dunkirkers took them. But what certainly would not be missed was Jeffrey's big sack of jewels. They're like, ah, we got to return the little guy, but we could keep his jewels. They got all this money, half a million dollars, just to have pirates steal it from him. Ah, poor Jeff. It's not like he worked for it. Yeah, I know. He just existed. (laughs) (laughs) He could just walk up to her again. Thanks for being born. Yeah, and she'd probably give him, like, a a bracelet. Oh, I got an idea. Let's start, like, an OnlyFans service, but for uh, wonders of nature like this. That'd be so sick. For tiny little guys. Just people who are, like, curious. Like, like, hey, uh, you know, circuses aren't doing so hot because for some reason we give a shit about elephants. Uh, ask I, me anything. I say we start a GoFundMe for Jeffrey and see how many people pay into a 17th century 18-inch man. Yeah. yeah. In today's day and age. Like, I bet we could do it. Yeah. Say we're trying to get his body returned from, like, I don't know. Yeah. Well, we don't know where the story ends. What if, what if he... What if he's at the bottom of Davy Jones' locker? We'll make up with all story. these pirates. Yeah, the North he's Koreans a- took him. <laughs> yeah, he, the story ends in North Korea. Yeah. Spoilers. <laughs> Need to reelect Trump in order to get Jeffrey's body back. Yeah, only is, Trump. Can this is the course of action. North Korea. Yes, he's. We're not talking about actual pedophile rings. We're we're talking about mock pedophile rings using small men that From the look 17th like century. little boys. Okay. <laughs> That are proportionate to their size, yes. oddly enough. Yeah. Yes. That's important. That's the key. Uh, <laughs> so they kept the jewels, but they released the captives uh, at the French border. Eventually, they made it back um, back to England and everything. And the queen was overjoyed. And when she was reunited with her dwarf and her mid- midwife, and she even went as far as to reimburse Jeffrey for all the jewels that were lost. Oh, so he didn't lose anything. <laughs> yeah, he didn't lose anything. <laughs> He hasn't worked a day in his life. He got a kick-ass ride to the Belgian coast and then went home. (laughs) Yeah. It's awesome. (laughs) So this whole event became kind of a sensation. So the story of the Queen's Dwarf being abducted by pirates at the high seas, obviously there's like a story here. Um, And it was even written into a famous poem by this guy named William D'Aventon, who claimed to be William Shakespeare's like bastard child, uh, but Maybe. yeah, he probably uh, had a few. So I don't even think he was real. There you go, Shakespeare mm-hmm. fake. All right, all right. Group of men. One. I'm gonna Google that after this. What's the name of the guy that they think? I, I there was there was one guy that they thought for a while. We did Shakespeare a long time ago. Yeah, there was. So there was an actual William Shakespeare, and the the theory is is that. He went to go pursue an acting career, and on his way from wherever to London, he got murked, and someone took his identity. Oh. So. Interesting. Could be, could be real. Could, could be, be Jeff. Could be Jeff. <laughs> could be Jeff. Yeah. Jeff on stilts. <laughs> Jeff on stilts. <laughs> <laughs> so this guy, William, took some liberties, and, uh, you know, he changed some things here and there. It's kind of like seeing any historical movie today where it's like, oh, you know, we got to add all these cool things in there. So he changed the fact that the pirates weren't from Dunkirk, and they were now dirty Catholic Spaniards. Ah. Ooh. You know, they got like papists. Yeah. So there is this one particularly hilarious line, and this is when the Spanish Catholic captain finds little Jeff on the 
ship. And he says, uh, This that appears to you a walking thumb may prove a general spy of Christendom. <laughs> he called wow. him a walking thumb? Yeah. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> I bet you Steve Odenkirk read that in like 92 and was like, I have an idea for a series of movies. <laughs> <laughs> what a burn <laughs> so there's also this section about brave little Jeffrey rescuing the midwife Madame Peroni by riding a dog past all the Spanish pi pirates and then he gets uh, unmounted you know dismounted by a turkey cock big turkey <laughs> mm. and uh, this is what it says about him uh, at this uh, little instance here. At Jeffrey Peck's, and with intent to eat him up, instead, like a giant grain of wheat, Jeffrey near thinks upon not, as the turkey cocks hunger, but an affront. It's weird old English. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I, that I didn't make any sense. That. Yeah. Basically, he's like, there's a cock coming at him. He was pecking at it. Yada, yada, yada. He gets some jewels. Yeah, no, he's like, yeah, he's, I, I didn't pass my senior year of uh, Ren Fair, so <laughs> I don't understand that either. Uh, basically, he was saying that the turkey confused him with the ween of a uh, 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 grain of wheat. So Jeffrey's like, no, it's not because he's hungry. It's because he's like insulting me. <laughs> oh, yeah, I see. So Jeffrey then draws his sword and slays the Spanish turkey cock, much like a dragon. Mm, yeah. Uh, For many people. Yeah. <laughs> and then he, uh, you know, dramatically rescues the midwife and returns back to England. So it's this whole, like, George and the dragon thing, but with Jeffrey fighting a turkey. <laughs> uh, that's, that's pretty cool. Yeah. I, I, I like the imagery. Imagine of, of him fighting, man a, fighting a, a turkey turkey dragon thing like how he may have seen it yeah that's imagine eyes. fighting a bird that's bigger than you yeah it's scary yeah. shit man i mean these people were entertained by throwing foxes in the air for no apparent reason making a competition out of it so i imagine coming back with a story like that it had to be like enormous and people yeah. had beasts about it and shit <laughs> like oh yeah while they're bludgeoning a cat to death, they're like, "That's fascinating." Right? Tell me more about that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Catch. <laughs> so the midwife is in England, and uh, you know the royal couple starts slamming out babies. And the first one would be Charles, who became King Charles II, and then Princess Mary, and then James, who became James II after Charles II died. But then. James II was kicked out of power for being a Catholic. So that's right. that whole story that was told in the William Penn episode. The, the children. Hmm. A lot happens in between, too. Yeah, which we'll, <laughs> we'll touch on. We're not going to go into the details, but yeah. Uh, there were, these were some of the best years of Jeffrey's life after this whole pirate incident went down. He was pretty much just partying. He was performing in these elaborate masks, right? Um, those were those, like... Uh, plays that I was talking about last. Mm -hmm. um, and all, you know, so this was all like lavish lifestyle because there was no parliament to tell the king or queen, like, no, stop spending all this money on things. And uh, of course, there were dissenters, mainly Puritan dissenters. One of them was named 
uh, Piney. Uh, and this Piney guy <laughs> is... Yeah. It is a funny name. <laughs> yeah. So Puritan Piney... <laughs> Oh, no, that made it worse. Yeah. <laughs> Puritan Piney kind of overstepped his bounds a little bit, and he got heated when, the, when he realized the queen and other women were performing in these masks. So he said, you know, women actors are notorious whores. How dare women get up on stage and do whorish acts like cut their hair and pretend to be men? Like, that's not what Christians do. <laughs> Of course not. Uh, all right, I get it. Puritan guys are like, oh, they didn't wake up at 5.30 in the morning. Yeah. <laughs> they must be the devil. I just don't want to wake up to an alarm, Dad. <laughs> <laughs> Have you ever heard of a circadian rhythm? <laughs> Wikipedia. <laughs> Try to live my life. <laughs> Yeah, so the the king, where he may have let this slip before he kind of <laughs> fell in love with his wife, now he was not going to let anyone call her a whore. So he rounded up this guy, he branded him in the face with the letters SL for seditious liar, he then <laughs> threw him in the stocks and burned his all of his books at his feet, like under his nose, and then decided to slice off part of his ear. Ooh, fun. <laughs> Total Michael Madsen moment. <laughs> yeah. These your books? Was the guy you got Dude, in there? Breaking point. Yeah. You got, you got God in there? You got God? You got a problem with my wife acting? <laughs> cut that. <laughs> How much of his ear do you think he cut? Uh, like just, just a little bit. because Just, I, just a load, yeah, maybe? Just a little bit, because he would do... He would get out of the stocks and then do it again, so they cut off the rest of his ears and then uh, threw him in prison. Oh. And he was eventually released when Oliver Cromwell came into power. Oh, that fucker. Had those like, e I, I picture this dude taking a weird chunk of your ear, like, just, like, that crazy insane, I just want part of your ear. <laughs> just a little. Like, just frink. <laughs> I don't want yeah. you to have earrings anymore. Just give me the lobe. <sighs> what a weird thing to go after. Piece of the ear. Yeah. Yeah. But um, this guy deserved it. He was talking smack about the queen, which yeah. you never do. That's right. Can't call her a whore like that. Yeah. That's my queen. Unless if she wants to be called a whore. Yeah. Well, that's up to him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, and also, I you know, I mentioned last episode about how, like, the Puritans were not persecuted. Keep in mind, this happened, like, 20 years after the Mayflower uh, landed so it's not like you can't be like ha ha look they were cutting their ears off it was like things drastically shifted once Charles ended parliament you know? yeah mm -hmm. Jeffrey during this whole time period of like lawless no parliament was getting older and now he was eight he was 18 years old roughly around 18 years old but he was still 18 inches so he's really? not growing not growing at all maybe like a couple inches here or there uh, this is actually when we have a few contemporary paintings of Jeffrey that were commissioned by both the king and queen. And uh, he kind of looks larger in the picture, in the paintings. And I think there's like two reasons for that. One is the queen was very small. She was like five foot. Uh, oh. So when she's next, when he's next to the queen, it's like, okay, well, she was small. And also as a painting, you know, they're probably like 
They're not going to draw him how tiny he is. He's, yeah. They're not like putting a measure, <clears throat> like a ruler next to him in the painting to be like, this yeah. is exactly how big this guy was. Yeah. So and you don't want the queen to look huge next to him because that wasn't proper for the times anyway. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You put one of those like rulers that guys measure their dicks with online where it's like, you know, wow, what do you have, a 14 inch penis? What, a remote control or <laughs> yeah. a beer can? Or what are you talking about here? No, no, like the fake. I, like, I was um, thinking. No, like uh, you know, where it's it's like, oh yeah, here's a, here's a ruler that says twelve inches, but it's really like eight inches or whatever. Yeah, I, I don't know if people actually thinking... have those, but this is what I would imagine <laughs> uh, the inventive nature. Right. If someone needed to prove something, I thought they would stick her next to, like one of those Seven Eleven fucking. This is the height of the robber as they ran out of the grocery store after they robbed us measurement sticks, you know? Yeah, Could you yeah, imagine yeah. he robbed somewhere and they look at this the camera footage and they're just like, how tall is he? We don't know. I don't know. No oh, no, it's he, below the sticker. Yeah, it's below the sticker. We'll never know. <laughs> so Jeffrey, remember, he the reason why he's so small is his pituitary gland isn't secreting growth hormone. No, no Travis. Gross. His mom has a straight throat. And drank yeah. pickles. Pickles. Come yeah. on. And the mole grease. <laughs> the mole grease. Pickles, yeah. bro. Yeah. So, because, you know, he maybe, you know, he didn't get enough mole grease when he was a child, this kind of prevented him from going into puberty or delayed it. I mean, he did go into puberty, but... Uh, it so didn't... it wasn't Marlboro Reds? <laughs> Sweet. <laughs> I thought smoking. <laughs> like, that's what my parents told me. No, no, no. Uh, so this didn't stop Jeffrey from being very popular with the ladies. Mm. Yeah. And we have a few glimpses into this. Um, we do know for a fact that he had a, quote, small mistress who was another one of the queen's dwarves. Her, or as the queen liked to call her, a she-dwarf, which I don't think is very politically correct anymore. <laughs> no. Uh, her name was Sarah Holden. And she was not a proportional dwarf like Jeffrey was. Uh, Did she fit in the back of a Kia? <laughs> oh, a little Dylan. Dylan. <laughs> a little di I, I know. I know. I'm up good, with the not for human consumption lore. <laughs> good on you. <ya. laughs> did, did Dylan st uh, kidnap a woman? She you, you got to go back into the 300 episodes of lore that we have over at nfhcpodcast.com. You guys have a lot. It's it's all worth it. Is there a wiki Sorry, for those God. of us that aren't caught up? We can read about. Yeah. You guys, you know, wiki. That was a shameless ass plug. <laughs> so Jeffrey, maybe in the back of the Kia, maybe he's consummating this. I don't, I don't know what's happening, but around this time, uh, Jeffrey earned the moniker of Lord Minimus. Oh, how I, how I started this. <laughs> so he, even though he wasn't act an actual lord, he probably had more prestige and more money than most lords at the time, which is kind of interesting to think about. But there was a writer during uh, like a New Year's Eve festival where Jeffrey and his small mistress Sarah showed up, and he wrote, "Oh, here's Lord Minimus and his lady Parluva." Which in Latin means small. So Lady Small and Lord Minimus. Smart. And yeah. Really not super clever at this point, the British. They're, that that famous wit hasn't yet gotten there. No, no. no. Minimus is good. Not, not good wordplay. Yeah. The, the Minimus I buy. 
The other one, no. The other, yeah, it's just a different way of Latin for small. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, you already did that with this yeah. name. Come on. Yeah. Uh, Jeffrey also seemed to be getting it on with ladies of stature. Uh, one you, contemporary... mean, you mean with money or of height? Height. Height okay. stature. Okay. <laughs> one contemporary writer wrote uh, that ladies were super fond of him, and he wrote that he could make any man, man a cuckold without making him feel jealous, and mothers of maids without letting the world know they had a gallant. He could probably fit his he was whole in there, arm up there. Right? I was going right to fisting immediately. <laughs> he could fit his up to his shoulder, like right at least. He's got a gentleman's fist. <laughs> he was in there rod dogging married relationships, and and the husband was like unknown cuckold to it, like just like, oh cool, what a cute little kid. And I can't even get like, mad at him. Fuck yeah. <laughs> Do my eyes deceive me? Is my wife having fun without me? And I'll think it's very funny. <laughs> wow. <laughs> So, in the year 1637, he's 18, and Jeffrey finally got a taste of something different, and not just the women's snatches that he was crawling under their skirts and bonnets. Uh, this taste was for war. Oh. He, yeah. So, the, the Spanish Catholics were fighting the Protestant Dutch in Holland, and this has been going on for several years, and the king was getting a lot of heat because from his people because, A... He wasn't defending the Protestants, and B, he was allowing the Spanish to resupply in English ports. Oh. So they've already got a problem with the fact that his wife's a Catholic, and now he's like, I don't know, you can come here and buy our guns. Well, he's like, I have a decision to make, and uh, they'll both get me yelled at. Yeah. So, one by a bunch of people who are beneath me, one by the person I share a bed with every night. Right. And she and her collects gang freaks. of freaks yeah. that would also yell at me. <laughs> yeah. And also share How, our bed at night. <laughs> yep. How JFK of them. <laughs> so the Earls of Warwick and Northampton decided to take matters into their own hands by uh, helping out the Dutch, this Protestant Dutch, by sending troops and supplies. And we aren't quite sure why Jeffrey went, because at this point, he's almost certainly a Catholic. Maybe he just wanted to experience war firsthand, uh, but he decides to ship off to Holland for a few weeks. Now, Who's Jeffrey gonna shoot me? I'm cute <laughs> as hell! <laughs> uh, Jeffrey didn't actively fight, but he was a very big morale booster. Uh, in addition to the usual, the soldiers usually the awe of his size, the soldiers were blown away with how well Jeffrey could ride on his pony, as well as how good of a shot he was with his pistols. They're like, damn, little dude, you're actually kind of deadly, but like in a <laughs> cute way, like how like an anime girl holding an AR-15. Mm. Like white twerp? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were going to say he was like a really good scout because he would wear the skin of cats and go <laughs> infiltrate Spanish lines. Oh, yeah. Maybe get fed a little piece of cheese by yeah. the general around the campfire. Uh, you gotta be careful around the Spanish and being a cat. Though. Oh, they might just... Mm. They're, they're like the China of, of Europe. <laughs> <laughs> it's the original paella. <laughs> I've oh, often no. heard that said about Spain. Think they... <laughs> it's the China of They get of that Europe. crusty, you know, outside. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> careful. So he spent a few weeks in Holland and then headed back to the Denmark house. But this was a big 
precursor to things that will come in the next episode. Uh, things were getting a little bit spicy in England at the time. The Scottish were rebelling up in the Highlands because the Church of England had imposed an Anglican prayer book on them and their Catholic asses were not going to take it. Like, we don't want to read this book. We've got <laughs> yeah. the Pope's book. He's a bestseller. You seen his hat? <laughs> yeah. Uh, so with the Scots invading Northern England uh, and beating back all of these earls in the area, there uh, and there's no parliament to do anything, everyone's like, Charles, what's going on here? You don't even have an army? Like, he's like, uh, I don't know. I just built a new mask house because I was sick to death of throwing them at my palace in Whitehall and having the pyrotechnic smoke gunk up my ceiling frescoes. So you guys can do whatever you want to do. I'm going <laughs> to break in my new mask hall. Yeah, there that is quite a concern. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's how James Hetfield got hurt, so. Yeah, he was painting a fresco and fell. <laughs> no, the pyrotechnics. No, the no, I'm just I'm just kidding around. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, oh, you're oh. <laughs> uh, so Charles is like, all right, fine. I'll deal with it. I'm going to employ a dude. He's a very good guy. He's one of the best around. His name was Black Tom the Tyrant. Do you know how he earned that nickname, Trav? <laughs> well, he earned it by absolutely doming the Irish. Right. Oh, one of those guys. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, he was in Ireland for a while, just putting his boot on the you know necks of all these Irish people that were all uppity and Catholic. And Black Tom was like, well, there's nothing more that I'd like to do than absolutely decimating a British ethnic minority. So I'd love to go up to Scotland and, you know, step on their kilts and uh, <laughs> play with their claymores. Uh, but the problem is you have no army, King. How, what am I, how am I supposed to bring these guys down? And he was like, well, the bet... Black Tom said, the best way of raising an army would to be to reestablish the parliament because they would be able to handle the war funds and you can go back to throwing masks and not have to worry about raising an army. What'd they call a period without the parliament? Uh, the, the period without it? the parliament? Yeah. I don't, this, I is didn't... Right, this is right before the long parliament, right? Oh, so, yeah, we're going to get into this now. So, uh, the king made Black Tom Lord Stafford, Strafford, and Black Tom called, you know, told the king to call parliament. Now, this parliament was called the Short Parliament because it only lasted a few weeks in April of 1640. Black Tom would make the case that uh, in order to wage war and suppress the uh, Scots, a war of terror and suppression, yeah. he'd do the same thing that he did in Ireland, but he just needed to have these troops. But the parliament refused to give the king a dime. They're like, no way. This guy's been just fucking around. I'm Wait, not... that's why you hired us back? Yeah. <laughs> to give you money? <laughs> Damn it, man. Yeah. So Black Tom was like, there's no way that these guys are going to give us money. So he told the king to dissolve the parliament, and he had a plan. So that was the short parliament. It only lasted a few weeks. And Black Tom's plan was to wage the same war that he had in Ireland, but on the citizens of London. Uh, specific... Fuck God about this guy. Oh, my yeah. God. It's coming back to me. Yeah. So Black Tom or Lord Strafford uh, 
was specifically going to go after the MPs that refused to budge. So he arrested three MPs, had their house, houses searched. Uh, London erupted with riots. Um, and this resulted in the torture and hanging of two young rioters. Uh, the L London elderman, basically the mayors of London, refused to release funds to the king. So the king had four of them arrested and ordered Black Tom, Tom to hang one of them. Now, Black Tom was like, dude, we need to show some restraint. I think I made my point here. We're not going to hang this old dude. Just, uh, I got an idea now. We scared the shit out of him. So what you should do is call Parliament again. Hmm. So the king calls Parliament again in November of 1640. And this would be called the Long Parliament because it would be another 13 years before this Parliament dissolved. Okay, I thought it would be like a fun... The other one was what, three weeks, four yeah. weeks? No, this is the yeah. long Parliament. The long one, yeah, no, if they had made it like two months and called it that, that would have been pretty funny. But the funniest name is the, the one that... Uh, do we get to the next one after the long Parliament, Travis? Uh, you know what that one's called? Which one? The Rump Parliament. The Rump Parliament? The Rump Parliament. Jesus. Because <laughs> eventually Why? it's just like a quarter of them that still show up, and it's like the Rump Parliament. Was wow. that during Cromwell? No, it's Just post the ass end of it. Oh, okay, it, yeah, it's uh post Oliver. It's like when it's his son Tra trying Charles. to do it. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. I think and we then, talked about him a little bit in Pen. Yeah, I forget the name of the guy, but the guy who like storms in and is like, "Get the fuck out! You're all gone. Back to yeah. the king." <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's cool. No, we're not gonna get to the Rump Parliament. <laughs> I'll pick. I'll pick somebody we can do from the Rump Parliament. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. So it would be 13 years before this long parliament dissolved. And this was really the, the, the worst move that the king could have done. Because in this time when Black Tom was literally like executing people in London in the streets, uh, the king had lost almost all support from his MPs. Only 64 out of the 493 were royalists. The rest of them were out for blood. Okay. So... Black Tom really kind of saw the writing on the wall here first. And now we don't know if he actually was doing this. There's no evidence for it. But before he had a chance to do anything, he was impeached for treason by Parliament. And they accused him of contacting mercenaries overseas to put down the Parliament and, like, bring order back to the king. So Black Tom was thrown in the dungeon. Next, Parliament passed the Self-Perpetuating self Act, which basically prevented the king from dissolving Parliament without its consent. Because, like, before that, the king would just be like, I don't want Parliament. Bye-bye. See you later. Yeah. That would be a question, you know. The short Parliament just happened. How do we stop that from happening again? Immediately. Yeah, yeah. without <laughs> letting the other half get away with it too much either. Yeah, yeah exactly. Let's, uh... Let's help ourselves. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so the self-perpetuating act kind of sounds cool, right? You're restoring power to the people. You know, the king can't just come in and, like, throw his dick around and get rid of parliament. But the next act was definitely not cool, and that was the Act of the Attainder. And this act basically meant that a man could be found guilty without any proof. Oh. <laughs> yeah. That's a leap. Yeah. Yeah. I went extreme right on that one. <laughs> yeah, so the first victim would be Black Tom. 
he was executed without any proof that he had committed this treason. They're like, we know you were talking to those boys over there to get those troops. So off with his head. They chopped his head off. <laughs> now Gotta get the practice in. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, there was going to yeah. be a lot more victims over the years during they got the a high-profile one coming up that they've got their eyes on. <laughs> yeah. It's going to be a lot more victims of this throughout the English Civil War and during Cromwell's rule. But for now, let's kind of remember that fact and we'll return back to what's happening at the Denmark house and with the royals. So the, the, their party has been pissed on. They, you know, they're like, we have no money. They're not, the parliament's not giving us any money. And Charles wasn't stupid either. He could see the writing on the wall and he knew that Parliament was not going to allow him or his Catholic wife to continue living the life of luxury. Um, and he knew, also knew that he had to protect himself by gaining some type of military, you know, to hold on to that power. The problem was, with no money or anything like that, he couldn't get mercenaries. But he still had one asset that he could use to gain political power. And that was his daughter, Princess Mary. So on January 1641, Charles entered talks with the Dutch to marry off his daughter to Prince William I of Orange. Now, in our William Penn episode, I mentioned William of Orange and Queen Mary. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, it's got a nice ring to it, William and Mary. <laughs> yeah, they were instated by Parliament after Mary's, the Princess Mary that we're talking about, her brother was dethroned. But this is a different, this is a different William Orange William of Orange and Queen Mary. I know it's confusing, but basically when it comes down to it, we're dealing with cousin touching. <laughs> yeah. And really just the whole British Civil War is insane and impossible to follow. <laughs> yeah. So that's where Alabama got it. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it really it truly is Alabama or England. Yeah. Uh, so just to kind of summarize what happens here, William II of Orange and Princess Mary have a child, a son. William the third of orange and then the princess's brother king james has a daughter that's also named mary and she marries her cousin william and they would eventually become the monarchs it was something that no one could have ever predicted that that line would go that way now anyway so back to the wedding uh jeffrey actually had a very big role to play in the night of william and mary's wedding so we all know that back in the day, no wedding was complete without all of, your res all of your relatives and guests standing around while you lay pipe on your wife, or at the very least, huddling around the door listening to her moan. Okay. We're talking about the consummation ceremony. Mm-hmm. Still around in the 17th century. When did they get rid of that? Do you know? I, I didn't look that. 1994. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Diana was the one I don't who think put they her foot have. down. Yeah. Yeah, she's like, I was like, absolutely not. Get out of my room. <laughs> Charles already wants to be another woman's tampon. You're yeah. not coming in my room for our betting. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no. I don't know when they ended that, though. That's an interesting thing to look up. I know so, uh, Gypsies did that shit. We did uh, Django Reinhardt. Yeah, that was in the 20th century. Don't they like, still do that? Like, <laughs> I don't know. He was born 1910. Yeah. I forgot when he got married, but let's... Probably around the 30s. Yeah. So there's still some twisted people out there. All right. Yeah, so William and Mary got married at the chapel of Whitehall. They were then brought back to the royal bedroom. But there was an issue, right? 
So William was 13 years old and Mary was eight years old. Oh, no. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Now, we've learned that these people have a very warped perception of things, but let's just say they weren't as bad as the Prophet Muhammad sleeping with a nine-year-old. Okay. Uh, Yeah. Uh, The consummation legally still had to happen. Um, but the legally, yeah, <laughs> but the, the couple was too young to have sex. So they had a solution. <laughs> so the eight year old Mary was dressed in a nightgown, uh, by her ladies in waiting and she was laid down in bed. William entered the room with her family, with, with his family and her family watching and was ordered to consummate the marriage. Now in this situation, when they were too young, uh, William had to press his unclothed leg against the leg of his bride. So, like, it had to be skin on skin, like thigh touching. Okay. Like a little handshake with their thighs. <laughs> if we're stopping there, then no harm so sure. far. Okay. Yeah. Weird, yeah. but whatever. Yeah. yeah, very weird, but... So, the ladies-in-waiting lifted back the covers to reveal Mary, and William was confused. Because Mary's nightgown was essentially like a onesie that went all the way down to the ankle. He's like, how am I supposed to do this thigh touching right now? Kind of just stood there for a little bit, not knowing what to do. And all of a sudden, little Jeff popped out of the crowd in front of all the onlookers. He's like, oh, the crowd. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Little Jeff pops out and he pulls a pair of tailor scissors out from under his doublet. And he's like, yo, Willie, use these to get some thigh-touching action. God, I hope that's verbatim. (laughs) (laughs) So William took the scissors, cut off one pant leg of eight-year-old Mary, and they clapped thighs, and the wedding party cheered. Hell yeah. Jeffy (laughs) saves the day. (sighs) What a good little boy. Yeah. Tom, you look. Uh, I didn't. See, Yo, we just went these. to your wedding. There was no thigh clapping. Uh, you guys aren't legally married. No, no, we're not. You didn't we thigh even, clap. We don't even sleep in the same bed. Got a thigh clap. She sleeps yeah. in a hammock. Who's the snorer? Her. Every time. Yeah, but this like the amount of adults who were just like, I know what we could do. I know a small man. <laughs> and he's gonna make a show for us of these uh, eighth graders and and fifth grader we have on our hands here. Yeah, fourth. Grader. I hate this so much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, how is that law? Why don't just like you know? All right, they're getting married young because X Y Z families and shit yeah. like that. Why do we have to watch them touch it's like, at all? All right, we'll watch you guys have sex in four to seven years. Yeah. Like, well, <laughs> what a what, honestly. What a, I thought Travis was going to go with, so the parents had sex in front of the kids for them. <laughs> Birds and bees right there. Yeah. This Stay requires a, this requires a uh, parent signature in cum. <laughs> oh. <laughs> uh, so this was a little nice festivities happening, this wedding party. Everyone was happy. Uh, but around them, the royal family, their world was crumbling. There were mobs forming in the streets of London against the monarchy. Royalist plots that Parliament were, in most cases, making up, investigating, and executing or exiling people that were even suspect. 
Is this about the thigh touching? Oh no, they were cool with that. They were like, oh, of course they touch thighs. Thigh touching, great. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They, they, they passed the act of thigh touching and yeah. it just said, that was rad. Catholics, yeah, no. <laughs> not good. Catholics, if, small booths, tiny boys. That's if not any, good. Yeah, if anything, there was one guy in, in London that was like, I'm glad they're sticking to tradition. That's what this country is built on, thigh touching. <laughs> I had to touch my sister's thigh when I thought I had to do it. <laughs> I, I just did it. I'm proud of it. We uh, touched so thighs. <laughs> and then we went out to get a Budweiser. <laughs> so the queen's mother was stuck around for a little bit. Things were not very good with uh, her brother. Uh, she was basically like kicked out of France. But that's a whole different story. But Marie de Medici was staying with the queen and king at the time stayed during the wedding and stayed after and there were constant death threats against her coming in because she was like this French Catholic with a lot of money people said she was spying for the Pope um, and there's kind of some truth to this because she did try to like convert Charles to Catholicism by saying that she would personally give him 8,000 soldiers to defend the kingdom if he converted Oh. I love how she just had 8,000 soldiers on retainer. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I wouldn't be that worried about death threats. Yeah. If yeah. I had that many men's that were protecting me. Oh, it was right. just all her little freaks. She, that's what she meant. <laughs> Wait, it was the mother, right? Yeah, the mother. Oh, the yeah. mother. So, oh, well, her okay, daughter okay. has freaks. Right, so yeah, they're yeah. still... <laughs> My daughter has freaks. Don't talk to me like that. That's the thing. I'm sure she's got, she's got a small little retainer, too. Like yeah. 2,000 or so. Yeah. Sure. So the queen, around the middle of 1641, she said she was not feeling well, um, and she said that she wanted to travel to France to the hot springs near Nice. Um, what is it? Nice. Uh, Rishi? Rishi? Nice? Yeah, one of those areas. There's hot springs there. And, um, but so... This may have, may not, she may or may not have been sick. She might have just been trying to flee the country. But Parliament, the House of Commons, refused to let her leave the country. So the king and queen knew that they had to at least get out of London for a little bit. So Charles headed up to Edinburgh to do some diplomatic mission with the Scot Scots. And uh, Henrietta headed to her country estate called Oatland in Weybridge outside of London. And as the summer went on, more and Things got more and more tense until a mob of parliamentary militia formed, uh, demanding that the queen surrender herself to parliament. Um, they were afraid, this was her main reason, they were afraid that she was going to turn her children, the, the heirs to the throne, into dirty papists. Mm. Uh, so that night, the mob came close to the Oatland estate in August of... 1641 so the household staff pretended to host a mask that was like military related so they all like armed themselves including jeffrey and all like all these like dancers and shit they were all like decked out in armor and were giving guns and were just like kind of placed around the border and it was like a very tense night at the estate but mm. no they oh. didn't What's oh that? man could you imagine that one like calling the court and being like I need you to defend my honor. And it's a bunch of theater kids going, I don't think guns should exist. <laughs> Just like, okay, scratch that. We're doing a play. <laughs> live rounds. Though. <laughs> These live rounds. Be careful. Effects. 
Do not mess around with this, but it is a play. <laughs> Steven, is stop looking. Bit. Steven, stop looking down the barrel. <laughs> to think we've recreated that in Hollywood fucking how many years later? <laughs> yeah, Alec Baldwin really knows about that. Yeah. Oh, see? <laughs> I can't believe they, sidebar, I can't believe they continued to make that movie after he killed someone. Dude, right? I bet you he's totally in his own brain going, I'm doing it for her. Oh, 100%. I'm doing it for her. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. No, for the cause. Yeah. For the cause. You know, and, yeah. Then we're going to start a foundation about it afterwards. We need to make more prepares. movies so that I can experience the thrill of taking a life once again. <laughs> part of me, yeah, part of me is like, I don't want to see anyone dead, but I would not be upset if he did kill someone else on set. <laughs> Every movie he does from now on. I must kill Our one. generation needs that. <laughs> Imagine he wrote like a guillotine scene in it. He's like... <laughs> Is this thing loaded? <laughs> I am. Is it? <laughs> Someone put your head here. I'm going to do a Trump joke. I'm going to do a bad Trump joke. Okay? Put your head here. Pretend you're Michael Pence. Yeah, so that night, so all, of the, yeah, all of the actors turned into Alec Baldwin, and they tried to defend the Queen's honor, but nothing came of it. Um, but a few days later, the Catholic Irish decided to start a rebellion over there in Ireland. Hell yeah. And, and now with Black Tom dead, the guy who really knew how to kill some Irish, uh, the Irish were free to kill all the Protestants they wanted. Good for them. Uh, but a bunch of fake letters were spread throughout London that the Queen herself, through orders from the Pope, had insisted, uh, instructed her Irish fellow Irish Catholics to rise up against the Protestants. There's a little wow. propaganda getting spread around. Mm-hmm. Now, these letters were entirely doctored. I think a few of them survived today, and they've been examined and by historians. But nevertheless, this rebellion became known as the Queen's Rebellion. Not good that, optics. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know it's fake, because she's Spanish, right? Spanish She's French? French, yeah. I thought she was Spanish. I'm, uh, I, just, I just misremembered. I thought she was... It's French. Uh, They're from the House French of Bourbon. Catholic. Okay. Never mind, then. It's all right. <laughs> uh, so the king returns from Edinburgh, and uh, she, he brings the queen back from this estate. They go to London, and they immediately are like, nope, that's not a good idea. We, <laughs> we got to leave. So he makes the decision to evacuate the royal court from London. Um, so the court secretly gathers, you know, Jeffrey too, secretly gathers as much as they can in terms of valuables, and they head to Hampton Court, um, in order to kind of figure out what's going to happen from there. And the king thought it th the best thing to do was to send the queen to go to um, Holland to go see if she could drum up some support with their new son-in-law's family. So Geoffrey, the queen, and the rest of her royal court headed off to Dover and boarded a ship called the Lion headed for Holland. Uh, Jeffrey's happy days were finally over. He was 22, still 18 inches tall. <laughs> uh, but it was finally time for him to truly become a man, because this would be the last time that Jeffrey would see London for another 30 years. Whoa. Wow. I, I don't know if I'm more shocked that he doesn't see London for 30 years, or that he lives for another 30 years. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I think... Yeah. Uh, uh, 
I went to some oddities museum and they had a little section on these wonders of nature's, the small fellas, and they tend to live really long. Oh. They live until they're like 80s and 90s. All right, good for them. Yeah. So you know what's not anymore. How so? That I uh, current news. I mean, uh, I'm gonna stop myself right there. I I, <laughs> right, I don't know where to go from there. <laughs> Maybe we'll circle back after we're done recording. Yeah. Yeah. There we go. Um, you, get, I, I, get me out of here, Travis. I didn't write this in the script, but it's kind of interesting. There was so there's like blue silk pants that were Jeffrey's and they had been passed around from like dealer to dealer throughout like the centuries. I think they were photographed in like the like 1910s. So like we know they exist. Uh, I couldn't find a picture of them online, but they basically somebody took them out of the case and they disintegrated. But that was like the last like piece of Jeffrey besides one note, like one handwritten note by him when he's older that they have like physical evidence of Jeffrey. A lot of people thought he was just a legend. The but then legend this one Jeffrey. This this one historian actually went around and found like this receipt that he had and like these other first-hand accounts and they were like, "Oh, this person was actually real." It was a receipt for tiny wow. little lead boots. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they so have all this that stuff hidden in the American was, Girl doll factory yeah. now. <laughs> It was actually a return receipt. Yeah, these things aren't good in water. Yeah. <laughs> these were supposed to be his water shoes. <laughs> so that's where we're going to end today with the Queen and Jeffrey on the run. They've been kicked out of their own country. And uh, so make sure you stick around for next episode. Things are going to get very, very dark. Very, very quick. And strange as well. <laughs> well, they've been strange all along. We got boys dressing as little cats. We got, I don't know. That's the that, shit. That, yeah. that one really, I've still not gotten over. <laughs> thigh touching. That the thigh was touching. my favorite part of the first episode. Was <laughs> the cat. Yeah. Yeah. Go back and listen. If, if, if you thought that this episode was kind of like a little bit of a filler to get to the next big thing, next episode we have like duels going on. We have warfare with a tiny man. We have, I'm guessing we have crazy. regicide. Yeah, one, yes, eventually that too. One thing I will mention here at this point in time, if the next week's episode starts to sound familiar, Jeffrey Hudson was the rough um, inspiration for George R.R. Martin with Tyrion Lannister. So we're going to see some some things that happen in that storyline happen next week. Oh, man, he's going to kill his dad on the shitter. Fuck yeah. <laughs> yeah. Interesting. I've only so. watched one episode of that show. You're not missing anything anymore. Yeah, I watched the last one. Oh, you saw the best part. Yeah. <laughs> That's why I went for that. I would go right for the throat. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm looking forward to learning more about our little our little friend. Yeah. Walt, do you have any thoughts Jeffrey about Hudson. his friend? Jeffrey Hudson? Yeah. Uh. I'm a little envious of his life. I'm not going to lie. Like Me too, man. Your your life shouldn't turn out like that. If you're 18 inches tall, like in the beginning of the story, you should have been tossed to the side. And to hear that this dude, he's like, I don't know. He reminds me of that stray dog that some rich family finds in Laguna Beach. And this dog just should have died on the beach. <laughs> next thing you know, it's getting manicured and shit at some Laguna Beach spa. And like, 
I'm stoked to hear this little boy's fucking life, and I hope it gets better. It wow. is cool, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Here's a million dollars in jewels. Go have fun uh, fisting those wives. Yeah. <laughs> oh, did you lose your jewels, little boy? It's okay. I've got more. <laughs> <laughs> For you, anything. Yeah. Yeah, I'm glad you're enjoying the show, Walt. To the... <laughs> I've been having a blast with you guys, dude. This is so much fun. Yeah. The best part is, like, so you guys have this great dynamic where, like, you're telling the story, and then Tom and Connor, you guys jump in, and then, like, when I say something, you guys shut the fuck up and let me talk, unlike on my show, <laughs> where, where they just run a train right over your fucking, you know, anything you want to say. So I, I really appreciate being here, and it's such a blast. We do want to hear each other out. We also hate the internet, so we have to, like, create the space. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. we're dealing with the lag, and this is the best way to be friends. The lag, the, the lag does help, though. It helps with the, the pause to listen, I think, because we're more aware of it. We're, we're a studious group. Yeah. And yeah. it makes us seem so. With I'll try to pass that on to my friends. <laughs> <laughs> well, where can the good people find you and your friends talking over each other? Uh, me and my friends interrupting each other constantly is at nfhcpodcast.com. That's where you can find all of our links to our socials. Uh, we've been spending a lot of time on our YouTube, so YouTube uh, slash nfhcpodcast. And then, of course, our Discord, if you guys want to jump in and listen, like, in the cut, get in there, chat with us. That's a Discord or a patreon.com slash nfhcpodcast. So that way you can join our live Discord. You can jump into our Discord anytime, but yeah, anything nfhcpodcast.com. Hell yeah, brother. The Patreon and thank is... Thank you for letting me spread that. Yeah, the Patreon is... That's the key. That's the key. If you listen to one show, you're legally supposed to go to patreon.com. That's right. The, the, the live chat is a blast, dude, because yeah. you can get in there and say some shit and yeah. change the course of the entire episode. Yeah, you guys are we don't have scripts. You guys are on Friday nights and uh I've mm -hmm. caught you a few times. I got to hang out in the Discord. Uh fun fun shit. I like how you guys actually respond to the shit that's happening in the Discord on the show. Um Yeah. It's a great time. And uh last time you were actually on the show, you wore some pit vipers. So if I have one request next next week when we do this again, you can wear the pit vipers. Oh, all right. I got to see I know where they are. I think I know that. <laughs> all right. All right. I, we can all grab our, your stories. Our find <laughs> the pit vipers. <laughs> Hell yeah. Uh, Travis, sign us out, please. Uh, thanks for listening to Rosemarum Cash. You can go to patreon.com slash Rosemarum Cash where you can legally give us $1 at least. Or two. Or four. Or nine. The starting is $76 a month. Yeah. <laughs> Very, Very reasonable. Yes. Very reasonable. Uh, anything less, you should feel bad about it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you can also follow us on all the socials. Roast Mortem Podcast, I think, on Instagram. And then Roast Mortem Cast on the rest. We're trying to get around some weird algorithm things. Ain't working. <laughs> yeah. Well, you have to stop putting dicks in the pictures. I have! Uh... <laughs> oh, less cussing, you. gentlemen. Less cussing. Yeah. But That's anyway, what they keep telling us. Yeah, if you like the show, check us out. And thanks for listening, y'all. Thank you, Shane. Bye. Thankers. Bye. Bye.